0: There is hope for us yet. Yeah. We are
1: young, we are wed.
0: I am Laura McCowan.
1: There is no time for And I am Holly Whitaker. This is, is Home day, day, day. Podcast. And so it would begin. Hey. Good morning, Happy Monday I know what day it is.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. You just um, confused me. I totally thought it was Sunday.
1: Oh, really? No, it's Monday. It's Monday. totally Monday. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah, definitely Monday. Um, And you are, it's Alma's birthday and you're in Maine. It's Alma's birthday. Somebody asked me, they were like, I didn't know Laura lived in Maine. And I was like, Laura, Laura Winter's in Maine. Oh my god That makes well, it sense. I was so no, no. much more <laughs> I, I very quickly clarified That that okay. meant that You were staying in your ex-husband's rented ski house every other weekend <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, hey, hey, I pay to be here too But yes Oh, uh, okay, I
1: thought it was for free No, no, um, we went in
0: on it together But yes, no. I suppose I do winter here
1: You do winter in Maine it's yeah, so it's weird.
0: Birthday. It's her eighth birthday today. There's a um if the sound on my end isn't great, it's because I'm using um my iPhone phone earbuds mm-hmm. and
1: um, It actually sounds great from this end.
0: Huh. And there's a bunch of kids downstairs and I might get interrupted. So there's There's that.
1: like she has friends in Maine or that those are cousins. Her cousins are here,
0: yeah. the um, She has a lot of cousins and there. A few of them are here. Um, there's been, there's a lot of people in the house this weekend and rotating through this week. So just a lot of action. Cool. And they would be skiing, but the um, they, there's feet and feet and feet and feet of snow, but it's been warm the past two days. So Since it's all ice. frozen. So it's just like mm. uh, blocks of ice
1: yeah. everywhere. Bummer. Can I yeah. tell you that um, I've been adding um salt and cayenne pepper to my coffee? Uh, salt, Himalayan pink Himalayan salt and um cayenne pepper with almond milk, with the homemade almond milk and I use like a um I use like a um medium blend, like the more fruity blends of coffee. It is it's really good. Everything about that sounds great,
0: but the salt.
1: But I a little bit, just a little bit. I will try no it. sugar because I I no sugar um in it, mm-hmm. but um yeah, it's, that is interesting. I'm glad it's you so shared good. That. I know it's so good. I'm craving it. Um, which is probably I don't really need anything to make me crave coffee <laughs> more. <the> extra to <laughs> <crave>. no, <laughs> seriously. <sighs> Um, yeah, I have
0: a cup of coffee here right now that was made by um, my ex and he makes coffee that's like jet fuel. uh
1: aw.
0: well, hey, it, it's I usually like it, but it makes me angry um, because I can only have like one cup. Like I do half decaf half regular because I
1: like to have several cups of coffee. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, well, coffee talk coffee talk um cool so we do you want to just get into it Mm. okay Mm -hmm. um do you so a couple of announcements please um please 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 take a moment and if you like this podcast um, please rate us. It's very easy to do, um, on iTunes, Rate us on iTunes. This helps us to get sponsors and continue to do it. Um, and also if you are so inclined, we are always accepting donations. Um, we have a couple of individuals that we, uh, pay to help produce this. Um, Mm -hmm. And you can go to homepodcast.org to do that. There's also a store where we sell stuff. Sadly, all the American Apparel stuff is going away. Um, we it really, is? Like, American Apparel is going out of business. I just got my last package. <gasps> oh, oh, my American gosh. Apparel. That's such a fascinating story. I don't know anything company. about it. I can't even. I can. It's like because half of my wardrobe – is American apparel. And yeah. I don't I, I stocked up on I like I have now I have like ten pairs of shorts. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um Yeah. So anyway, um So that yeah, okay. So mm-hmm. buy up all the things in our store really fast. <laughs> not all. Not everything is American apparel, but the men's t shirts. We're gonna have to redo it. And they just make the best teas, they make the best everything. Yeah, they- Um, So yeah So that's it Rate us Give us Some donations Even 50 cents helps Mm -hmm. Um, Buy some shit Um, Personally uh, I My personal announcements Are the next Hip Sobriety School Is coming up Um, It starts Towards the end of April Even though it's a couple Of months away now Um, But just to put it On your calendar um, That will start Opening up mid-April For Um for registration. And, uh, also Tammy Salas and I have our 40 day mantra project, which we're expanding into 111 days at some point. Uh, We're working on that this year. Um, and you can check that out at my blog, hipsobriety.com. Love it. You?
0: Yes. Uh, a few things I have, we have our workshops that we're doing together, um, coming up in March for New York and Boston are never not broken workshops. Boston, um, actually New York is on the 25th of March and Boston is on the 26th of March. Um, Boston has a few spots left, um, and New York is, was announced later. So I think there's more space for that one, but we would love to see you there. Uh, and other locations. Oh, we have San Francisco up mm-hmm. and ready too That's right. for registration at um, Love Story and on May twenty first. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. And no. May twentieth. 20th. May twentieth. 20th.
1: May 20th. Oh, oh, sorry.
0: Twentieth. Yeah. May twentieth. Um, that'll be up on my site. I'll put it up today, so it'll be up by the time this goes up. And, and it's on my site as well. Yeah. What's your site? My site is my name, Laura McCowan. dot mm-hmm. um, Other things that I have, so I have retreats. Um, there is, there are a couple spots left for the San Luis Obispo tree retreat uh, at the uh, in April, April sixth through ninth. Um, then there's a Colorado retreat uh, in June, and that one is actually filling up quickly, uh, it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to teach at that one, um, because of the location and the, and we have a retreat in Montana in September. Um, when I say we, I mean, me and Meadow DeVore, um, are teaching all these retreats together and that retreat is focused on writing as a kind of spiritual practice. Uh, and I didn't realize it, but Feathered Pipe, where we're teaching in Montana is um apparently this very special sort of revered place by a lot of teachers, um, like Elena Brower and Sean Korn and um and such. So I'm thrilled to go there in September. And I think that's it for me. I have some other workshops that will be announced. I'm teaching one in Portland, Maine, um, later this spring. And I it looks like I'm gonna be going down to North Carolina too. Um, to do a workshop in May also. Oh, very cool. When in May? I don't know yet. I'm working Mm -hmm. on the dates on that. Nice. Um, By yourself? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do it by myself. I actually, I have someone that has asked me to come help her um, set up parts of her business and help her um, do that. And I've been asked to come to North Carolina a lot. So I'm going to pair it with a workshop. Very cool. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. So today on the podcast Mm
0: -hmm. We have Aiden Mm -hmm. Donnelly Rowley Mm -hmm. ADR ADR Our friend Our friend And um, I I, I'm so glad We finally had her on Mm -hmm. And she finally agreed to come on This is a, a conversation We started having
1: Years Quite ago. A long
0: time ago. Yeah. <laughs> with with her. And um she this conversation is huge, I think, for her personally, but also for um women who you know share kind of her story, which is
1: um
0: well, there's, no you, I, there's, no there's no bottom. There's no bottom.
1: And yeah, yeah. there's no and for her it was more of a conscious. I mean there's, you know, there's a spectrum, right? And there's a whole there's a whole host of women that are on the spectrum that aren't dying because of wine but are blocked because of wine. Aren't living their full life because of wine. Are having, you know, like this battle within of like this is not working out for me even though it doesn't look like it's they're not imploding um and like this could get worse or this is a thing right and you know she's called it Mm -hmm. a thing for years you know she's been she's been contemplating her relationship with wine for five years and she did it like she's just she's just uh her stories doesn't look like mine and my story doesn't look like yours and you know, like it's, uh, and her story doesn't look like yours. The three of us have very different stories. Um, we represent, you know, like different paths. Um, and hers is one that is the majority. She's, the majority of of those who struggle with alcohol, they look like her, and the difference and the thing—not the difference, but the thing with her—and kind of the uh, empowering thing about this and the magical thing about this is that she looked at it far before. Um, she looked at it far before. Uh, it, it, it. You know, she was forced to look at it. You know, she looked at it um, and a at a time. You know where most people don't and this is where a lot of the, you know, resistance is in it because it's just not bad enough, right? Like it's just mm-hmm. like it's kind of bad, but it's not bad enough and it's not worth the risk of what we might lose or the, you know, the unknown or the, you know, all the all the work or whatever. And so, um, her story is really great in that she represents the majority of people that struggle with some sort of um uh that struggle with al- with it. i mean alcohol use disorders Thinking. is no. or drinking or alcohol it is alcohol use disorder. It's, it spreads the whole spectrum the second that you're using it and feeling weird about using it um, mm-hmm. or using it, you know, above a very small threshold. It is, it moves into it. And so, um, so yeah, she, she is, it's, it's a great story and she's brave. She's been brave for a really long time. Um, and yes.
0: yes, she has. And she's, um, she's also author of, two books um (laughs) and um life after yes and then most recently the ramblers and a lot Mm -hmm. of people she had a blog i think she started writing about this and talking about it long before we did Mm -hmm. um five years ago yeah and so i don't know i think i'm i'm really excited for
1: people to hear this me too me too
0: okay here's aiden
1: Hey, good morning, um, ladies. Women. <laughs> good morning. Hi. Hi, good morning. I have a weird time now saying like calling women ladies. It's funny. I um, always have.
2: Yeah? I still like I still like girls. I know. Maybe I'm yeah, not me supposed too. to, do, but I like girls.
1: Girls. No. Um I do too. sisters. Hey. So hey,
0: we just saw each other. like I know. Two days ago. Mm-hmm. This is kind of funny. It is funny.
2: <laughs> that was a that was a super super fun lunch.
1: It oh, was. Guys. And I went back yesterday and I got the thing that you guys got because that omelet was delicious.
2: Oh, that really. <laughs>
1: it was a pretty omelet and all those yummy sides. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I had enough for that place though. Like, oh my god! I never <laughs> want to eat at Harold's again in my entire life. <laughs> like. Too much, too much, Harold's. Too much. I think it's Heralds. one of those things that you can do like once, and you're like, "That place is great," but if you do it like three days in a row, you're like, "That's disgusting." <laughs> yeah,
0: it was so much butter and so much salt and so much just oh, food. God. Yeah, I
1: know, and really not great service. Sorry, Harold's, but no.
2: But that's yeah. kind of the vibe. That's kind of the vibe of that area of town. Everyone's a is little- it. A
1: little like, you know, doing their own thing. Yeah, doing their own uh, At thing. their own
2: pace, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's really funny. That's funny. funny. I, in Italy, you don't tip anybody and they're awful. I mean, they're just terrible at service and it feels good. Like, the, I, it feels like a fair exchange. Like, I never have to worry <laughs> about like tipping somebody or not tipping them because of shitty service. Um, and I just wish America m- might take that model anyway. Yeah. So- <laughs> Boston just took that model, but you still have to tip. They, it's like Danny Myers, right? Like they just inflated oh. the prices to incorporate it. Is that right? I don't know if they did that, but Boston service is notoriously awful.
0: It's like I remember coming here when I first moved here uh, and going out to a bar, going to eat or whatever, and they would be. It, it's almost like, why are you here? Like, what do you want? Oh, oh, you want something from me? Oh, you want something from me? Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: I'll t- I'll come back in a minute. Are there a lot of Italians <laughs> in Boston? there are a lot of times like Irish because that's like being in Italy um no there's they're actually very sweet they're just very inattentive um so yeah let's talk about restaurants and taxes and tips (laughs) (laughs) why are we here this is super important um so okay, so we were just before we started. We were like, "How do we know each other?" And I know how this. I, I actually have the answer to to how we all know each other. Oh, you oh. do. This I will do. be interesting. This will be interesting. Laura, it was it was uh, it was a few months after Laura and I met. It was August. I was at my sister's house. I remember it like it was yesterday. And um, Laura and you posted. Aiden, you posted. Is there anybody out there that's like talking about sobriety or something like that? And then Laura tagged me and said, this is, this is, you know, like follow hip sobriety. And then you, um, started following me and I was just like starstruck because you were following me. And, um, (laughs) and then we started talking and then we all, then we started talking like Aiden, you and I had a a couple of phone calls and I, I really want to go back to the content of those phone calls. Um, but you and I had a couple of phone calls and then Laura, you and I had a call and, um, and and I, don't all, yeah, I don't remember this. I don't remember this at all. By the way, yeah, I don't remember once or twice. We we, we had a three-way call once because I remember it was the first time I'd seen Laura's face, and I was. Oh, yeah. Do you remember your eyebrows? I couldn't get over your eyebrows. I was like how does a woman have eyebrows like that? Um, <laughs> I have an eyebrow thing. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then after that Then then Aiden Then you started wanting to talk a bit about sobriety Because you had done one year off of it And then you had started drinking again And then you Or you, you took a year off of it And the plan was to keep drinking After the year off of it And then you were questioning it and then, um, you and I had a talk and then you were like, I'm going to write this very gutsy article and I'm terrified of doing it. And then you posted it and my mind was blown. It was a very gutsy article. And I remember, cause I posted on my Instagram, a picture of you about doing brave things. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that was, you know, like, and, and that was years ago. That was in 2000 and, uh, I want to say it was 2014. It was fall 2014.
2: But it was. That sounds about right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. Late summer, fall. Um, Okay. So, yeah. And that's it. We've just all, like, we've, Laura went to your apartment for a happier hour. um, Mm -hmm. And I met you in person for the first time when I moved to LA and I went to Jillian's happy hour and then, uh, or happier hour. And then, um, but we've just like maintained connection over the last couple of years in different ways. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah I mean you were, been- you were actually gonna come on
1: like maybe this is something we wanted to
0: talk about. You were gonna come on and then you had you had a conflict with like scheduling, but I think that was also a time when you're kind of still uh, like you know figuring it out right I mean,
2: absolutely. I mean, I've been figuring it out for <laughs> many years, and mm-hmm. um depending on the moment, I feel sheepish about that or um very. You know, accepting of that, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do remember that. I remember we were scheduled, and I was supposed to come on and I was I was in South Carolina at the time, um in all fairness, where there was zero Wi-Fi. So that wasn't right. gonna work work out. But I remember being um, reluctant to reschedule it. And it wasn't I actually don't think I was drinking at that time, but I wasn't I wasn't strong in my decision not to drink. right And I felt a little shaky about all of it. and Um, maybe just not ready to have this conversation. And so I was like, why do I, I'm not going to do this until I'm ready. I was very excited to do it. Um, And then I was like, you know, it will happen when the, when the time is right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and you had just written your book, Ramblers and the Ramblers and, um, and we'll talk about that cause that, that also had, there was a, I was interested to talk about it cause there was a lot of alcohol in that book. And then when you and I were just talking two days ago, you said there was even, I haven't read your first novel and you said there is even <laughs> was even more. Um, yeah. so can you maybe just tell us who you are? Like you're, okay. there's, there's so much, right. And, um, just maybe tell us like who you are and, and you started writing about not drinking f- five years ago, Right. Right. So yeah, d- right. tell us not, why
0: you even started. Like where, or maybe even when you just first started to question what was
1: what was going on. Well, I also okay. want to know a little bit more about how you move from being a lawyer to being a. Uh, you know, your blog is called okay. Ivy League Insecurities, and so mm-hmm. I want to say like there has always been this. Like my guess is, I, I've never known this, but I've always assumed that you've always had this um, uh, desire to kind of, uh, step out of the mold of, you know, conformity, right? Like you've written about things that you're not supposed to write about before you were writing about drinking. You were doing this, I'm assuming on other topics. Um, right. like you were, a, you're, a um, what do you call that? A, um, a blogger who talks about them, like exposes themselves. Why, why can't I think of any? Confessionalist. Yes. Confessionalist. So maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. So, so backing up a little bit, um, just kind of for context, um, I'm a born and raised New Yorker, um, the middle of five sisters, um, grew up in a very, very academic intellectual household, um, where we had very kind of esoteric dinner conversations. (laughs) Um, and you know, we were all just total achievers, right? Total achievers, um, kind of robotic, frankly, in retrospect, but athletes and students and, you know, you get an A because of course you get an A. And mm-hmm. um, I had, I loved my childhood, you know, I loved it and I, and I had fun with it and it, and it felt organic and good. And then, you know, I went off to Yale and, you know, worth mentioning, um, all of my sisters went to Yale. Yeah. I was going to say, did everyone go to Yale? Yeah. 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 <laughs> My dad went to Yale. My grandfather went to Yale, right? So this was like expected, but also very exciting for me Mm -hmm. to kind of follow in these footsteps and have this legacy and this experience. And um, yet in many ways, this path was paved for me, right? And, you know, went to Yale, loved it. Um, I was a philosophy major, worth mentioning, right? (laughs) Because I choose this very, very obscure major, barely another woman in it. Um, and I loved it. I loved questioning. I loved writing. I loved asking these big, utterly impractical questions about life and existence, right? And so that I was doing that as a, you know, I went to college at 17. I was doing that as a 17-year-old, right? Yeah. And, and yet I was also going out to party with my friends because that was very much welcome. You know, I'd, I'd worked very hard and felt I'd earned it. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it came time to graduate, I had no clue what I wanted to do, like a lot of people. Yeah. And I, I knew that I liked to write. I knew that I liked school, that I did well in school. And so literally over the course of one hour, I was like, I'll go to law school because <laughs> law school is a really good thing to do. And it opens doors yeah. and let's go to law school. That was the extent of my thinking. Huh. Did you go so, to Yale? No, I went to Columbia. Which, which brought okay. me back to back to New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't even contemplate taking a year off because now looking back that year would have like brought with it really important questions that I probably should have been asking, but didn't wasn't didn't want to and mm-hmm. um, go to Columbia. It was kind of a continuation of college, um, enjoyed the school aspect, but very much was on autopilot, right? Autopilot like this is a prestigious thing to do. You know, my resume is amazing. Um, And then kind of once I was there, you know, you got the summer associate position at the law firm, at the like really, really prestigious, fancy law firm. Um, And then you get the full-time offer. So it's like, you're just kind of like walking along this beautiful track, um, very few obstacles. And that's just what I was doing. Right. And I, and I really wasn't questioning it. I wasn't questioning it. And, um, you know, about a year in, a year and a half, actually a year and a half in, I really started to question it. I really like felt a year and a half into uh, your practicing law, okay. practicing law. Oh, practicing. So I've been, I've been at the law firm for like a year and a half. And what was interesting is that while I was there, I had zero interest in practicing law. Like I didn't want to <laughs> do any of the work, but I was fascinated with the people. Yeah, like I yeah. just, stu- I studied them. I studied the people I worked for and with and the clients. And I like Eavesdropped on conversations, and everyone was a character. And um, this is when I got a really, really strong creative hankering. I was like, I need to write. Mm-hmm. And um, I go, I go and got mar- I went and got married. Um, <laughs> met my husband, by the way, in a bar, right? Yeah. yeah. In a and not just a bar, but a bar called Prohibition. So there's a lot of poetry in this. Oh culture. my god, that's awesome. I didn't know that. I knew you met him um, in a bar, but I didn't know it was called Prohibition. Right, that's great. Right. So so we get married and we have this big New York City wedding, and um on our honeymoon, I have zero recollection, and I don't know what this mm-hmm. says, but I have zero recollection of saying to my husband that I wanted to leave my job. Like zero. Okay. <laughs> And I come home and I'm back at the firm for one week, like literally five days. And I'm reviewing these documents, mind numbing documents at like 5 p.m. on a Friday. And it's this beautiful office and it's like on the 50th floor and I'm overlooking New York City. And I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to do this. I'm going to leave and I'm going to write a book. Um, So it all felt very hasty and it was. Mm. And I took a taxi. I took a yellow taxi to my parents' house and I sat at our dining table and I said, I'm leaving my job. Like so that, was that like an outrageous thing to do? Completely your- outrageous. Yeah. yeah. We were all good girls. We followed along. We, you know, it's all appearances, um, gave our, our parents no trouble ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I remember the moment so well. And my dad just started laughing because he, you know, he was a philosopher, <laughs> which is interesting that I chose to be a Um And he was like, he always hated lawyers. And he was like, good for you. Like very just kind of um, <laughs> unconditional love, but clueless kind of reaction. <laughs> yeah. My, mo- my mom, her eyes were just wide. And she's like, what? You know, like she was horrified. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I left and I was so strong. I was like, well, this is what I'm doing, you know? And I walked home and I remember thinking to myself on Columbus Avenue, this is the, day where I begin to live my own life, Mm. you know? And, um, and I did, you know, and that's, and I did, and I gave notice at my job on Monday. And two weeks later, I was home at my kitchen table with my laptop. And um, that was very extreme and very gutsy. Um, I always like to mention and feel very compelled to mention that financially I was able to do this, right? right? I did not have law school loans, and that was a, obviously a very fortunate thing, and I was able to be this kind of impetuous, foolishly confident, you know, twenty twenty four year old, twenty six yes. year old. Okay. So I was able to pull that off, and you know, while it felt existentially risky, it was not financially risky, and that's important right. to mention because I do not want people to ever hear my story and then just quit their job, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Um, or just think. I mean, it's just important to call out because it's not. Mo- it's not a lot of people's you know reality not Uh, at all right
1: okay but it also has its own can I also like be like double advocate on it and say it has its own set of problems and weights that most people also don't have so yeah
2: no absolutely and I'm glad you mentioned that because I feel I've felt that acutely at times and I've also felt uh an inability to talk
1: about that, right? Because it's like, how lucky you you are to have that. Because you're so privileged. Yeah. Have that
2: set of problems, right? Yeah, I know. Um, But 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 that's a big deal. (laughs) It is a big deal. It is a big deal. And I felt, so I look back, you know, kind of the beauty of hindsight and that was a big day, right? You know, it had nothing to do with drinking, but it had to do with this sense of like, I can do my own thing and I don't have to live life according to, these rules, you know, I can question things. I can chart my own path. I'm willing to fail. I was totally willing to fail. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of tumbled into this writing life, which, um, I had so much to learn and, and I did what I had to, to learn how to write a book. And that was not easy. Um, (laughs) but I'm so thankful I took that leap at that time because I feel like had I waited even a year or two, I might not have done it, you know? Yeah. 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 So I still live in New York city, have three daughters, um, live with my three daughters and my husband and, um, kind of just run around with my laptop in tow and, um, you know, feel like I'm juggling a lot of things, but a lot of things I love. So, you know, Writing novels, but then also I'm tremendously drawn as you both know to, um, to truth telling. Right. So to writing about, you know, things that are true for me and things I believe and, um, I'm at once very exhilarated by and frightened of having these kinds of conversations because mm-hmm. I feel like they're so important and they're pretty rare, yes. um, but they're very scary, you know? Yes. And yes. so I think my hesitation at times to either come on the podcast or to like commit wholeheartedly in a public fashion to a life of not drinking um, has so much to do with that fear and that kind of message of playing it safe
0: that has been sent to me my entire life. Yeah, I have so much to ask about that, but let's let's
1: like go the slow road there. So you, you, why did you start your blog, and why did you call it Ivy League Insecurities? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Both very good questions. So I took my time, but um, figured out how to write my first novel, Life After Yes, and I. Um, Got it. I got a book deal, and it was very, very. I was not expecting it. I got a book deal in um, 2008 during the recession, mm-hmm. so my agent and I were both a little stunned by that because book things just weren't selling. Um, yeah. um, And she very kind of humorously was like, you know, people are talking about these blog things, and <laughs> I don't really know what I don't really know what they are, um, but you should have one, and you know, she offered me zero guidance. And in retrospect, I'm so thankful for that because what I did was I just jumped in and figured it out and had no idea what it would be. Yeah. Um, had no idea whether I would like it. Um, and I found that I fell madly in love with it. This like having this place to go to process things, to talk about whatever I wanted to ask questions, mm-hmm. um, was really, really meaningful to me. And, and start to build a little community of people. Absolutely. I mean, I remember I'm a, at this point, I'm a lawyer and a, actually, a, and a brand new mom. Yeah. And um, I didn't know other writers, you know? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know, in, in many ways, I purposefully kept a distance from people who knew about that world because there were so many naysayers. Like, yeah. do you know how hard it is to publish a book? Like, I, I didn't want to hear, I didn't want to hear that. I needed my bubble. So this was a time where I needed and and very much wanted to connect with other writers and book lovers. And so the blog was huge with that. And I called it Ivy League Insecurities because um, I have this, you know, admittedly, I have this very beautiful, like, educational track, right? I I went to Yale and Columbia, and these are really great schools, and I'm so thankful for my educational opportunities. But... What I was realizing at that very time, you know, kind of on the heels of ha- getting these degrees was how very little preparation I had for real life,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: So I, I I have these great degrees from these top schools, and I don't really know how to be a wife or how to be a mom <laughs> or how to pursue a passion or how to balance any of it. Right. So I felt like at once really well-educated and totally clueless and insecure, yeah and um I kind of went off that and and said oh my goodness I get to come here every day and at that time it was every day and I get to be honest about my insecurities
0: yeah and that was like incredibly empowering it is it's huge yeah and and then when did you because I've read I've read I read a lot of your stuff um particularly the not drinking stuff because it was before I was I right. stopped, um, and I was just curious. You were one of the few people that was talking about it. So, you, when did you decide that you were going to talk? You, t- I think your first thing was like a year off wine, and I mm-hmm. and I read the post where you decided to put it out there. You were like sitting in a cafe or something, and you're. Oh my god, like, I remember that day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And why did so why so so where did you first start to feel like something was off? or even to start to question what you, the drinking, when did you right, start right. that?
2: Well, I mean, I think that I had like little questions. I'm like a very, um, like almost obsessively self-aware person. But um, I, so I think I was, there were like little questions and a- along the way, like always, if that makes sense, but um, mm-hmm. nothing enough to really get my attention. And I think, you know, Now I can see it much more clearly, but what really brought me to like, take a look at it was after my third daughter was born, she was Mm -hmm. born in 2011 and I kind of expected, okay, she's my third kid. Like I've got this down. I should know what I'm doing. And it rocked me. And I was not feeling good. Like, I just didn't feel like myself there. You know, there were a lot of things going on in my life, a lot of stress. And, um, I really, I just didn't feel like myself. And that was very, a very new experience. And I suspected postpartum depression just because I'd heard about it. And right. I was like, I just had a baby. So this must be what it is. And I remember it was a Friday afternoon and I called my OB and I was like, listen, I've got postpartum depression. And she was like, I can kind of, I can kind of tell you, <laughs> I can kind of tell you that you don't, but, um, you know, talk to me about what's going on. And she gave me the name of two therapists and somehow I got them both on the phone on that Friday. And both of them were kind enough to kind of squeeze me in the following Monday. Um, And it was a fascinating thing, right? Because what I did was I went to the Upper East Side and I literally interviewed therapists back to back.
1: Um,
2: And they set and they were so different from each other. Like one was more my contemporary and young and the other was more like a maternal figure but they mm-hmm. said the exact same thing to me after meeting me for an hour, and Which and what I, they said, and, and I went in there and I kind of told them how I was feeling and gave them a little bit of the, a backstory about me, kind of like I just gave you guys. And then I was like, oh, and I and I drink way too much. Like I drink way too much wine, right? And so what I was felt that? Like, what, how much was too much? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um. So how much was too much? It was. Um, it was. I would say pretty much daily. And, um, I don't know, like two glasses, but, or sometimes a lot
0: more than that. Right. But Um, when you have kids, it does, I'm, there's no right answer. I'm just like, when you, when you have kids having a couple glasses of wine a night, when you have three young kids, right. That, that can really mess you up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I wasn't, and the other thing, which was actually important. And what I think tipped this over was that, um, my infant, my baby, had a very severe milk allergy, so okay. I was still trying to nurse, but I had to kind of like cut everything from my diet to the point where I wasn't eating. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. So, like, add a couple of glasses of wine to that—no mm-hmm. good. Um, so yeah. I, I knew there was—I felt like there was a real problem with my drinking, right? Or I felt like this was something to confess to these two women on the upper east side, yeah. and neither of them batted an eye. They—they they weren't. It wasn't that they were unconcerned about the drinking. But they were much more concerned about anxiety. So they were basically said to me, which is, I never had known this. They were like, you're a very anxious person. Mm -hmm. And up until this point, your anxiety has allowed you to achieve, right? So in the past, you know, the anxiety is what kept you up till 3 a.m. studying for the test that you then ace. And in the past, you know, know, the anxiety has kind of fueled you along to be like in your like perfectionist- perfectionistic pursuits. But what's happening now is you're a mom with young kids and there's a lot of moving parts and it's too much and you're much more anxious and the drinking is making it worse. Right? So she's Mm -hmm. like, you're drinking because you're anxious. And I was like, what? And I was (sighs) like, I really thought, I really thought, I thought a lot of my anxiety was about how much I was drinking. Right? Like that I had this like secret and, and they were like, you really need to look at the anxiety. We need to look at the anxiety. We need to treat the anxiety, right? So it was like, it kind of flipped everything
1: for me yeah. Um, in this really eye-opening way. But can I ask yeah. you, like, were you, had you said that out loud before? I think I'm drinking way too much. Like, what was, like, how did that start to surface? Like, how did that start to, like, show up in your life, that thought, I'm drinking too much?
2: I mean, I had had those thoughts probably. I mean, I had had those thoughts periodically, um, probably more so right before that, like the years before that, um, an important piece, which I did not see at all at the time, which I literally, I think have begun to see in the last few months, um, is that in 2007, um, my dad got diagnosed with cancer, Mm, right? mm -hmm. And so I have this amazing, intact, Fun, exuberant family. We're so close. And all of a sudden my dad, who's the patriarch and like this amazing kind of larger than life guy is very, very sick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that, that I remember like waking up one morning and said, okay, this is too big for me to deal with on my own. That was the first time I saw a therapist. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I can't do this on my own, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, I didn't necessarily start drinking more then, but my my feelings about my drinking changed entirely. Yeah. And I started, and, and the reasons, right? So I was yeah. probably drinking a similar amount, but I felt I was really doing it to check out. I was really doing it to numb out and like to not feel the sadness and the fear and the, you know, yeah. anticipatory loss. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's a story, you know, there's this when, you know, my baby was one, my first daughter was one. So this is way back when, this is 2007. Um, My dad was diagnosed in October. So this is early December. And, I've lost all the baby weight, and I'm, you know, trying to be fine. And (laughs) we are
1: planning, you know, there needs to be an entire book with that title. Trying to be fine, (laughs) and I was doing (laughs) trying to be fine
2: (laughs) hashtag Trying to be fine. And so, so we're planning we're planning this Christmas party right in our old apartment, and. I become obsessed with this Christmas party. Like it is going to be the most perfect Christmas party. I find this gorgeous teal colored dress where it's like plunging neckline, like so much sexier than I've, like weird, right? I'm obsessed <laughs> with this Christmas party. And um, I'm not even kidding. It's like kind of funny, but not funny. I and I look back and I and I got, um, I spent all this money buying like tiny bottles of champagne
1: yeah. that like
2: people could drink with these like Christmas colored straws. And um I had these caterers, right? These like sweet like caterers who are like actors trying to make it in New York. And they're all, you know, they're there in my apartment. And I like had bought them all Santa hats to wear and they didn't want to wear them. And I was so pissed off. Ugh. And I was just like, I was so obsessive about this party. Yeah. And but I wanted, wanted something to, be- to control. Yeah. 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 And I wanted it to be perfect. And I, you know, I mean, maybe we all see where this is going, but I, um, and I think my dad came to this party, right? So like there was all that stress and, um, I, you know, I didn't eat, like I didn't eat. I was in party mode. I was in hostess mode and I had, I probably didn't even have that much, although I had enough and I, I passed out at my own party
1: Yeah. Mm
2: Okay. So this was like, this was the turning point. Right. And I I went to bed while my guests were still there at like 1030 at night and I woke up and this was like the first time anything like that had ever happened to me. And I woke up so embarrassed and so horrified. And like, here I was so bent on perfection and appearances and I couldn't even, I couldn't deal, you know, and my husband was so sweet and he was like, I think he was pissed off, but like, he was like, people were fine, you know? And then, you know, my friends were sweet. They were like, it was the perfect party. Ha ha, LOL, you know? And um, that was a turning point, right? Yeah. That was like, oh, this is an issue. This is a thing, yeah, you know? Right. And I think it was entirely connected with this um, newfound awareness of like my parents' mortality and like the fact yeah. that I was going to lose my dad. And it like my drinking just changed, you know? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't... Um, that's that's really when I started to worry about it and to feel shame around it. And um, thankfully there weren't really that many things like that, but it almost didn't matter because yeah. it had become this kind of dark thing at times. You don't um, not know it anymore. Right, you know what you know, and you yeah. can't unknow it. And that's a blessing most of the time. <laughs> um, um, so very that inconvenient. Was really, that was really the turning point. And um, so when I'm sitting in these therapist's office, I was very free with the information. Like, I think I drink too much. And for them to say, like, you need to look at the anxiety piece, you know, Um, that was such a gift because I was like, oh, I do, I do, you know. And um, when they told me that the alcohol was really making me anxious and I believed them, that's when I started to dial it back. So that was like the spring before the following winter where I decided to take a whole year off. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And um, I cut it way back. I really did. Um, but I still felt like shaky about all of it. I still didn't like it. I still, I'm a
0: control freak and I, and I didn't, you didn't like the, not like, like not doing it or you didn't like, no, you did no. It.
2: I just felt like even when on an objective or, you know, outward level, everything was really under control, which kind of in that intervening period, it really, it really was, um, in large part because I wanted my anxiety to get better. Um, it's still, I felt like I had this like very, very strong awareness that it was getting in the way, okay. that it was like, that it was dampening my life, that it was like getting in the way of things I wanted, yeah. right? And yep. so, um, I, and then, you know, I'm in my therapy, finally, I picked one therapist because one does not, you know, go back to two. Yeah. So I, I picked the, you know, I picked the, the older therapist, which is neither here nor there but she and she has been such an instrumental person in my life because she is literally you guys the one person who has kind of echoed back to me that alcohol's not good for me
1: but i want right? i, so, I want to know like you in this period of time when you're like i need to take a year off from it um are you like can you talk a little bit are you scared that you can't are you like how are you feeling about it like what are your feelings about it at the beginning of that of this journey because i think that's so important to talk about um like when you first take that leap into i'm not going to drink for a year because you didn't drink for a year right and there is and you wrote about it and you called it and also what was it called the year um A year without wine. wine. A year without wine, right. And so on some level, that, like, when I first came into contact with your story, I thought that seems relatively easy, right? Like, that makes it Mm -hmm. look, not relatively, it does. Actually, no, it it does. It makes it look relatively easy for some reason. And so I want to talk a little bit about, like, was, like, did you think you could do it? Were you terrified of doing it? Like, how did you feel? Like, were you afraid that you were addicted? Like, what was going on? right. I'm so happy you asked that because I, I kind of glossed over that whole part.
2: But um, <laughs> no, I remember I remember it was um, January and I was sitting in my therapist's office and I go to see her at 6 a.m., which is sounds really strange to a lot of people. That sounds amazing to me. <laughs> my, that's when I am like my most myself and I like can't put up walls and it's like kind of perfect. Right. Yeah. So um I was leaving and we had spent the entire session not talking about my drinking because at that point, it really wasn't, there were no kind of crises or anything with it. Right. But at the end, I just kind of said in passing to her, um, I'm still a little like concerned about my drinking. Um, I kind of wonder what life would be like without it. I'm thinking, what if I did like, I'm having these thoughts out loud. What if I, what if I took a full calendar year off from it and then wrote about it? Like, wrote, you know, I'm a writer. Like this is interesting to me. This is an experiment that I'm writing about in real time. Mm-hmm. And she, her there's something in her face changed, and she smiled, and she was like, You need to do that. You know? And yeah. she meant she meant it for me um because she knew me and she cared about me, But she also meant it because then she went on to say, Aiden, I don't think you understand how many women I talk to
0: mm-hmm.
2: need to hear this, yeah, right this story, because here I am constantly, and you guys know this, apologizing for kind of the low, like the lack of drama in my story, um, (laughs) which is, it's his own issue, right? But um, I don't think it's like a good enough story, right? Like I'm a novel writer and I'm like, it's not salacious enough, right? She's like, no, that's exactly why you have to tell your story, right? Because you are concerned, you are having all these questions, you are suffering, And other people need to hear it, you know? There's so many people who want to hear it and might not even know they want to hear it, you know? So she Mm -hmm. was a huge push toward that. And I decided in that moment that I would do it. And um, I like picked a start date and I told my husband. I was so scared to tell people about it, right? What did your husband say? He, you know what? I honestly, like the more I think about it, I don't understand how I lucked out with him in this department because he was like, oh, that's awesome,
0: cool. <laughs> that like, is a lot of was, women that are listening right now are like, fuck you, man. Yeah. No, I know. That is know, not know, their experience. <laughs> look, he, he like,
2: look, he has opinions, right? Yeah. Um, the, our courtship and our like first years of our relationship were very much wine soaked. Yeah. And, um, it was more of an issue for me than for him. And he knew particularly then when I was making this decision to take a year off, he knew that I was having a hard time. And so He, I think he saw this spark in me Mm. and this excitement in me to try something new. And he was excited for me. Like he didn't, he did not have any qualms about giving up the drinking, you know, like he was like, I don't need to be awakened at four 30 in the morning to talk about your shame, to talk about your shame. (laughs) And this is a guy who would do it every single time and listen to me and never, never crack down on me you know? Um, so he was excited. And then I was like, very nervous to tell my family and to tell my friends and almost universally people were like, okay,
0: <laughs> good for Even you your family.
2: Yeah. I was really worried about my family. I mean, I, you know, my, I come from a family of people who drink, right. Um, my grandfather, um, drank moonshine with Hemingway. Okay. <laughs> Which is amazing. Um, he, he worked on a ranch. He worked as a ranch hand, my grandfather, when he was 18 and Hemingway was there writing the final chapter of A Farewell to Arms. Oh my God. So the point is it's
0: like romanticized in your family. It's romanticized. It's just a part
2: of kind of like my family's like culture, right? So here I am kind of going against the grain, like in a true way. And I was worried, I was worried what they'd say. And I think, um, I think that they were just like, this is not the first time I'd kind of, you know, again, I like left law, whatever. But I think, I don't think they necessarily understood. Yeah. I'm not sure they understand now. And that's okay. Um, but they at least were like, okay, you,
0: know, you do your thing, right? Were um, you hoping at all that someone would tell you like, no? Or don't, um, you know, or were you hoping that? Or were you glad to get, you know, that no one kind don't of said I know. Away?
2: I don't know. I I don't, that's a really good question. Um, I think the question of whether I would do it, meaning take the year off is a very different question of whether I would do it and write about it. Right. So that was, um, and so, so, um, another very interesting thing happened and I've always, I haven't talked about it much just because it involves someone else, but I think I can tell it in very bare bones, Mm -hmm. which was that, um, I had this group of girlfriends who I met when we had our first had our babies and we became very close and, We would gather on Fridays and drink wine and then, you know, ultimately a lot of wine and it was really, really fun in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then it it got less fun, right? It just, it kind of, for me at least. Um, So these girls are still my very close friends. And um, I was going to a 40th birthday party with these girls. And um, I was so scared to tell them about this because I felt like these are like my drinking buddies. And, um, you, you know, feel like
0: they're letting everyone down. Like you yes, I was that
2: was like legitimately nervous,
0: right? Yeah.
2: And um they were again, they were all like, oh my goodness, I would never do that. But <laughs> but good for you. Like they just had this kind of supportive energy. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, one of oh, this is so tricky. Um anyway, one of my friends was it turns out having a very hard time like a mutt like was in a really bad spot
1: Mm -hmm. um
2: at that very moment and um and something happened that we you know all witnessed and um I my heart has never beat so fast and I was like oh my god she needs help she needs help and I had no idea what I was talking about I don't know I didn't know what was going on yeah um but I I sat there at dinner and I couldn't even speak because I was so worried and I woke up at seven in the morning and showed up at her apartment. Mm. And, um, and I just said, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I think you deserve more than this. And she gave me the most enormous hug and started crying. And we, Mm -hmm. and, and she's been, you know, she's been sober for five plus years now. Um, and we, you know, we will always have that bond. Right. And so, um, that was an interesting thing to happen right before all of this, because it was like, oh, this topic is really central and important to me. Right. Yeah. Um, and anyway, so I got, I kind of got the thumbs up from people, but what I told myself was that I would not write about it for two months. Okay. And what that, and what that was, and I knew it then, and I really know it now was like, what if I can't do this? Yeah. What if I don't want to do this? What if I start this and I can't do it? Or what if I start this and I'm like, Oh this is silly, you know.
0: Yeah.
2: Um so I gave myself a full 2 months to kind of feel my way. And so when I finally published that first post, which was from a Starbucks by my kid's school, mm-hmm. um I was ready
0: and scared out of my mind.
2: Scared what were those 2 months
0: mind. like though? What were those 2 months like?
2: Well, what's interesting is that I was keeping a secret blog Oh, you too. Uh, Everybody did that. (laughs) I had a a secret blog. um, (laughs) What was it called? (laughs) I think it was called A Year Without Wine. Mm. Um, And I was writing on it almost daily. um, And I told a few people about it, right? Like I told a few people about it. And I think now what I've done is I've imported all those posts into my regular blog. um, And I should go back and read them, right? Because I was writing from a a really raw place. And I was also writing from a place where I didn't think people would be reading. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is the best. (laughs) Which is the best. Um, So the year, you know, it's very, very interesting because the year was really important because it proved to me, um, it wasn't hard for me to do it, which is interesting. Um, You know, once, once I got past the kind of like recalibrating and like, Oh, you know, it was a habit for me. Right. And so once I pushed past the habit, um, it wasn't that hard it was interesting and it was tricky at times to go to a wedding and not have a drink or or to have conversations that were very uncomfortable because a lot of people had a hard time with this choice of mine yeah, yeah. um some people in my life were very worried about me being public about this and it was that was very hard for me yeah, um,
0: yeah.
2: and i was like why should i not be public about it? i don't understand
0: yeah
2: like why like so my kids grow up and they read that I had a hard time with drinking and then I gave it, like, I just don't, I didn't understand why that would be a bad thing. Right. Right. Um, but the year itself was like, you know, actually a really good year. Um, and, and yet when I go back and read my post, I love them, but they're very careful.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Because I
2: And that's the interesting thing here. Right. So I, I I'm writing and I know people are reading and I'm, you know, I'm being truthful. Like, I'm not lying at all, but I'm curating.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You
2: know? And um, what was interesting, and I can see this now because I feel very differently from this point right here today, um, I feel like certainly once I found that it wasn't hard for me and that I didn't need it, um, I kind of knew in the back of my head that I'd drink again. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was kind of counting down, you know? Like, I was like, one more month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so now what's very interesting, um, is I feel like I'm counting up.
0: Yeah. You know, like
2: I want more and more time. I'm not counting down until the time, you know? Yes. It's, It's
0: a very different lens through which to view the world. Yeah. Very. So what did you, like, were you at day 366? Were you like, let's have some wine or like, how did that look? It's interesting. So, um, towards the
2: very end of the year. So it was Christmas time again. Right. And, um, of course I had to have an amazing party. I have this weird, there's a whole compulsion there around Christmas parties, but <laughs> I had this, I had this, um, huge Christmas party and, um, and it was fine. Right. Cause I have found interestingly enough that parties are not hard for me. I find like I push past the first 20 minutes and then I'm just so happy to be drinking sparkling water or cider or whatever. Um, so I was having a really nice time and I was talking to people and a lot of people are asking me, are you going to drink again? You know, cause I'm writing about it and they're reading it. Um, mm-hmm. And I was feeling a lot of anxiety because I was like, why would I drink again? Like if I feel this good, why would I even consider going back to it? So there was a lot of that kind of like mental gymnastics, which is terrible.
0: Yeah. That's um, exhausting.
2: What, what, so, what year is this now? Cause, so this is, um, we're about, it's about to be 2013. Okay. All right. So it's a while ago, right? And so I remember I remember going out for dinner kind of after the year was up. And I remember like it's a cozy restaurant near our home. And I, I ordered a glass of wine. But you were out with your husband? Out with my husband. Mm-hmm. And I ordered a glass of wine and I like took photos of it. I was like so <laughs> weird about it because I was like, this is the moment, you know? <laughs> and um my re-entry <laughs> my re-entry and it really it really you know what it was really didn't taste good mm. like i was like and then that, that scared me too because i was like oh my god i ruined this thing like i've ruined mm. it <laughs> <laughs> um but it was you know and then since then it's been a dance it's really been a dance um of drinking and not drinking longer periods of not drinking with shorter periods of kind of going back to it a little bit um and at the time I've told myself, this is just me making decisions and doing things my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but from this point, looking back, like it's kind of miserable, right? Yeah. To like,
0: not- Because you're managing it. it. It's like something you're always managing in a way, not that, not the amount you're drinking necessarily, but just that, am I drinking or am I not? Because you- you've it's
2: hundred percent. It's consuming. And it wasn't, it's totally consuming. And it really wasn't about the amount anymore. I mean, of course, right. there were, of course, a couple of times where I felt like I overdid it, but it was really like, where am I today? And like, you know, and then also when I changed my mind, I felt this compulsion to own up to that online because I have all these people like following me and I felt like, I felt like it was dishonest, you know? And and whether or not that's true, I feel like I felt like, okay, now I need to tell people I'm drinking and then I'm okay with it,
1: you know? Yeah. Can we talk uh, – there's a couple questions I have about this. So the first is I – so I stopped drinking, um, and mine was like, you know, I I, I told everyone, and I, for the most part, everyone was relieved when I started drinking again because I never said mm-hmm. I had a problem. I was just like, I'm just not drinking. I told my family. My family understood that um, I was the, – the reason I had, you know, stopped was because I uh believed I had borderline personality disorder and okay. so I but when I started drinking again it wasn't without weight um I never had a guilt-free drink again and also I felt um like you just said on some level I felt like I um was like people could see through my bullshit or that there was this, um, there it was just more, how, I don't even know how to say it. It wasn't even like people could see through my bullshit. It was just more of like um, hating to be felt, like hating that feeling of like being, it being now so noticeable because I said something about it um, or that it's other people's business because I said something about it. Um, and so I'm curious about how that felt. And then also I'm really curious to know and maybe these are two very separate questions, but what the reactions, like what are some of the strongest reactions you've ever received, um, about the, about the, you know, dance? Like what is, have you received any letters, um, that were, that you want to talk about or any, have, you know, got any comments that you want to talk about, about doing that so publicly?
2: Yeah. I mean, two really, really good and important questions. Um, I do I've had moments where I have felt very fleeting regret about being so open about all of this um, because I feel like I you know I've painted myself into a corner where I'm now like the girl who has a thing with drinking so you know like all eyes are on me or not right like we don't I think we sometimes overestimate how much people, people think care about, about what we're doing. Um yeah. but I certainly once you start writing about this and you guys I I think you know this but I counted up I wrote 250 blog posts <laughs> about drinking which on you know the optimistic side is like the material for a book and on the <laughs> other side is like oh my
0: goodness. she <laughs> sure me, wanted to talk about this.
2: <laughs> it has taken me a few words to figure this out or to come close. Um but So I've had these moments of like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I putting myself under a microscope? Um, And who's watching me and who's not watching me? And what do people expect from me? And what do I expect from myself? And have I like um, pigeonholed myself into this way of living when I might change or something, you know? Um, But I, I have to say, and this is so wonderful, is that those moments have been far outweighed. By the moments where I'm like, I just feel like peaceful, you know, like my intuitions and instincts are very strong. And like, mm-hmm. I've gotten to this point in a very winding way, or maybe not very winding, but typically winding way. And I needed those fits and starts.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm.
2: And I am grateful that I got it down on paper. Yeah. I am grateful because yeah. I don't want mm-hmm. anyone to think. That this is an overnight thing, like right. whether you are not, however big or small your problem is, whatever you want to call it, um, these are big, messy human things that take time and thought and energy.
1: Yes, and I'm grateful
2: that I've 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 invested,
1: yes. years yes. of my
2: life in thinking about it because now I feel strong. Well, because
1: it's worth it. I mean, what you what you, what you get out of it and what comes out of it is worth it. Every, it's worth every bit of trouble you've ever been through to get where you are. And so it's, I don't know, it's, you know.
2: Yeah. And what's interesting, and I think I'm just figuring this out as I speak to you, which is always fun. But um, (laughs) I've been really, like, as much as I'm being vulnerable by talking about this at all, I've been very cautious about, you know, I would write about it on my own cozy blog right? Where Mm. I have readers who know me and are loyal to me and, um, for the most part, (laughs) tell me what I want to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for a while I was blogging on the Huffington post, which was fun and and great, obviously. Um, but I felt a lot of trepidation about that bigger audience and because I, I, I was worried about what people might say. And I feel, um, I feel like it's disingenuous for anyone to say, any of us to say that we don't worry about what other people think.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So, you know, I kind of worked very hard to minimize those kind of harsh reactions. But I mean, there were definitely things, you know, um, a writing mentor of mine who helped me a lot with my first book, who's sober, um, when I was drinking again and writing about it, he kind of messaged me and he was just like, you know be careful, you know, like a little like ominous, if that makes sense. And it was yeah. like, not, not well received by me, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but like now he just was, he, he was just being caring, you know, like that's all. Um, but Well,
0: I, I feel like I want to say, because um, we, you know, you and I have never talked about this, but I had a whole private experience of watching you go through it. Do you want me to talk about that? <laughs> Cause yeah. it's interesting. And it's, and, um, you know, it goes without saying I adore you now and know you much better. Um, and this is totally a projection of my own, my own experience, but I think other people might appreciate it too. So, you started your journey before before I did. um, and my story is completely different than yours in in a lot of ways. You know, mine was messy and and there's I I didn't, I, I would have never publicly said, I would never brought, you know, I lied to all my therapists. I would have never, I did a lot to protect my drinking. I did everything to protect protect my drinking. And um, I, wa- you know, so I would watch you go through this sort of like um, going in and out of it. And, you know, my thing was like, she's trying to make it look like it's this cute thing. <laughs> she's trying to make it, it's like, it felt minimizing to me. Of course, it's total bullshit. Like I know that now because I now can see. I talk to so many women and so many stories, and I know that it doesn't. It ha. It, it if it's a problem, it's a problem. Yeah. And pain is pain is pain. And I, I get it. I get it so much more. But from the outside, I was like, it wasn't an option for me to say, okay, I'm going to start now and play with it a little bit and go in and out like for me drinking actually meant i was gonna die at the end you know Mm
1: -hmm. and i
0: think i and so it it made me mad like i Mm -hmm. was i i was i was probably jealous i'm sure on some on some weird level and you know you're also someone who's kind of doing the thing that i wanted to do i want to do and i'm doing is which is writing and i you know i i was like living a different life so it's just it's fascinating now because I, yet I never closed myself to you and I was never like, I'm not interested in Aiden um, or what you're doing. Like, I kept following along, but it was for me, like, it's funny to watch my evolution. And I always I had this sense too that I would be friends with you because that's whenever I have like a strong Strong reaction reaction. to somebody, I, they usually end up being one of my good friends. Um, and I knew that your story was important. I guess I was also like, I had this in the back of my mind where I was like, it never, it never leaves you alone. Once it's bothered you, the drinking, it never really leaves you alone. Um, and so in my own like projection of how this has to go, I'm like, she's gonna, it, you know, she has to keep drinking um for as long as she needs to keep drinking and you know she'll be back around or whatever. <laughs> I was like, right. she's gonna come back. Obviously, this is not gonna go well. <laughs> right. Um, but it's 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 so good to like hear you say that you were kind of curating because I think that's what I felt and what like rubbed me. And I get all of it. I get why you are, I get so much more of who you are now. I adore you. Um, and I feel like it's what we do so much in our lives in every aspect. You know, it wasn't like I was going out and saying, you know, this is not legitimate. It was, it was more just my own internal struggle and questioning that. It allowed me to question a story like yours in a real right. way. And now since then, like we had Jolene Park on, very similar story, amazing story. And there are more women like you than not. There are more women probably like you than than there are women that had a
1: story like me. Statistically, Um, that's true, Laura.
0: (laughs) And Holly is here to back me up with statistics. But I just, (laughs) I think it's like, um, I think you're very brave to do, to talk about it because of that. Um, Even more brave than maybe it it is to, for, for someone like me to talk about my story because yours is so atypical and it's, Um, it is in a different way, very salacious because you're disrupting the gray area of drinking that nobody wants to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. You know, that people protect for a very, very long time. Yeah. uh, Maybe forever. And so, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to put that out there because it um, we have never talked about that. You know, we've never like my my experience of of you going yeah. through that. Yeah. I don't know if it, you have any reaction to that or what. But. Oh, I, of course I do.
2: I mean, I it's interesting because I'm at once like, "Oh my goodness. How can that be?" And then on the on the other hand, I'm like, "Of course, right? Like of course." I mean, I think that I um I am still the me. That existed before all these big questions or asking these questions out loud. And that, that version of me is someone who is like, be strong, hold it together, look pretty, mm. um, please, please people, mm. um, filter it such that you're real, but you're a really attractive version of real, you know, mm. not giving it away too much. <gasps> um, and so a lot of those kind of instincts are very deep in me and they still exist. Right. So they still exist. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm gonna go there or do my own version of going there, that part of me fights fights the fights the authenticity part. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like yeah. um, so in many ways, like looking back, there's a little battle going on, right? Which is like I'm gonna be totally real and I'm gonna be like mostly real, you know, like mostly real. Yeah. And yeah. um so, so your reaction in many respects makes a lot of sense to me. Right. And, um, I wish that I could say, oh, that's history, right? Like that's history. Like that was what I was doing. Cause that was how I handled it. And, um, I mean that, that part of me still exists, right? Yeah. Like, and I, which, which, and I know is, that. which yeah. is, but there's also a very, um, positive aspect to all of this, which is that, the improvement in my life when I am not drinking is so tremendous, yeah, and it's so fantastic that when I am posting something upbeat or like joyful, it is so real, yeah, and and those moments for me are more much more plentiful now than they were when I was not, when I was dancing with it and when I was drinking. Right. So there is this part of me that wants to celebrate in a public way, because I think there are a lot of, I know, I know there are a lot of people out there who are like me now or like me 10 years ago or five years ago, who are quietly questioning, Mm -hmm. um, who are, you know, perhaps leading really wonderful lives, um, for which they're very grateful. Who are for the most part chugging along, you know, performing beautifully in their lives would consider themselves happy. Like I would never considered myself unhappy. There was some tough stuff yeah. going on, really tough stuff, mm-hmm. but, but I contained it in a way where I felt okay most of the time. And so um, I think that when I speak up about this, it feels really important to me because um, there are all these invisible people who are not talking about this, don't have the words to talk about this, yes. are sc- are scared to talk about this because there's nothing black or white about it for them, but they they're just they have the sense that they might want to do things a little bit differently, but they yeah. wouldn't even know
0: how to begin. Yeah. Um they wouldn't know how the people in their lives would react. And nobody's Um, talking about it in their lives. I mean, this is, we talked about this when we had lunch. Like my parents, nobody talked about this. We didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about drinking. We didn't talk about any of this. It was just off the table. And so you enter, right? I mean, you enter into this conversation and you're in, like I said, in some ways, when the shit has really hit the fan, like I had to be backed so far up against the wall that there was truly nowhere else for me to go than to look at it because there was there would be legal ramifications you know that's a different story than saying hey there's this like scratching inside me right that that I that I want to look at like that's that's huge to bring up that conversation
2: yeah and I think that my inclination to shine a light on the really positive things um comes from a place of also a place of loss as well, right? Because there are things you have to be willing to lose when you make this choice, right? Um, You know, certain relationships that maybe you didn't know were really, really built on a foundation of drinking or escaping might just fall away. And that's sad, you know? Um, And, you know, everything, how you spend your time and how you cope and how you, um, face issue, like it all, like the ground shifts under your feet and, and that can be very unsettling. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's so worth it as Holly said, because there's all this other great stuff. And, and for me, the really, really interesting thing is that I would have had no idea about this great stuff if I didn't stop drinking, right? Like it's right. very, very theoretical and um, not necessarily even believable um, when you're drinking. Like no. I, I I knew that I wanted to get rid of the, uh, y- the like yucky stuff, right? I knew that. Right. I didn't anticipate all the really amazing stuff. And so for me to just say, this stuff is
1: amazing, you guys. I'm not <laughs> lying. It, no, I know. It's, it's not, it wasn't
0: that. It, it, that's no, not
1: what I mean. I mean. Can I- no, I know. I know. I'd like to say something because I had, I didn't have. Um, there were moments where I had as strong of a reaction as Laura, but but Laura had a much um, a much overall different reaction than I did. Um, I would go there and pull back, and go there and pull back, and and I think like some of, and I like if, if we're being honest, because I think that's what we really try and do here. And um, there was the sense, if I can put it to words, um, that there is that there that it it was exactly like gloria said it was a a cute thing you were just trying versus a thing that might kill and um and that i think that there was you know with you like we were we had some really great conversations when we first um when we first started talking and um and I missed you when you started drinking again. And I think that's just an interesting thing to say because it's I've lost I've also lost some friends who were so close to me because we got sober together and then they started drinking again and then this thing erected between us. And it's just it's it's such an interesting thing, but it's true. I I'm I mean it sounds awful, but I'm so glad <laughs> that you're not <laughs> drinking again because I love you. And I think that it's really important to, like, for for whatever reason, you've, you know, kept coming back into into my sphere and Laura's sphere. But I also want to say that one of the things that has, that had really, because um, like Laura said, it was her, not you. And it was me and not you. And I think for me, the thing I had to look at was, what is it? And it's that oftentimes, we don't let other people have their way, right? And as much as, and this was the part where I had to get really honest with myself because I promote always whatever it takes, like finding your own truth, and no matter what, no, no matter regards to sobriety or whatever, what, right? And so, and so that is like where the like the star of this is, which is that it's your way and it gets to be exactly your way nobody owns the the path or the way it should look or how it should you know come across or how much time it should take or what it should take or what it should look like or any of it um and i think that that was a really important piece to come to but um but yeah it was true i felt like um I do feel really happy that you're not drinking or that you've come to this conclusion. Um, and, and I've loved that. We've still been able to talk even though, you know, over a span of, you know, three years. Um, but it's, I think that was an interesting part where I did feel like, um, and, and I, I still don't have the answer to this, but there was just moments of like, can we have a real conversation now or is that real conversation gone? And, um, and it's not just, it wasn't just with you. It's ones I've, you know, I mean, with friend other friends that it's an interesting paradox of this. Um.
2: Yeah, no, and I think it speaks to something much bigger, which is that, you know, none of this is an accident, right? When mm-hmm. I went back to drinking or convinced myself that that would be fine to do somewhat, right? Because I don't, I think I never truly convinced myself, but I just did it anyway, mm. Um I had, you know, I wanted it in some ways, although it was never conscious, I wanted to completely avoid anyone who was talking about this, right? <laughs> of <course>. Like, like, <laughs> of you guys, you guys are like talking so, um, eloquently and, um, well, we interesting. Have an entire show about it. <laughs> right, right, right. So like, you guys are like the voices of this space so like you would be the last people I'd want to talk to right like it's this kind of thing and that actually scares me yeah right because there are people in my own life um in my real world in my online world and I know and I can see it and there's distance yeah because because they they are not there yet or they don't want to even consider being there yeah um and I'm and I'm there you know, yeah. and um, and I've been in their shoes. Yeah, you know? I know. Like I've been in their shoes, and it makes perfect sense to me. You know, it's hard like, though. It's so that piece that is, that really piece is hard.
1: hard, and oh, it's I know, I know. Uh, I always think like, um, I always go back to
0: I don't know when this occurred to me, but I, I think I've written about it, but like. I, I will take losing, you know, 50 people in my life who would have called me to go have, like, be the fun friend and someone would go out with them or come to their house and drink wine or even non-drinking things, um, but just would want me around because that, you know, because that was off the table. Like I, I was never talking about sobriety or quit drinking the person that knew, the people that knew me before. Right. I'd rather give up 50 of those relationships, um, that you know, those people that would want to call me for that, then um, take five of five calls of someone who needed to talk about this thing over the course of my life. You know, I'm happy to be that call. It is a big loss though. Um, yeah, it's a big loss. And I interestingly, and this could just be
2: a timing thing, but I'm still in this place of being perhaps foolishly hopeful um, that I don't have to lose that much. And, and the reality is maybe I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I guess everything is just revealing itself to me right now. Um, I just, I just got back from a really fun trip to Austin with, um, four law school girlfriends. And I had some trepidation about the trip because I just felt like this was like a girl's trip and, you know, historically might've been very boozy Mm -hmm. and, um, it wasn't. And I had this moment where I was like, oh my goodness, are they not drinking? Because I'm not drinking. And then I felt this sense of guilt. Or, And I asked them, you know, we're sitting at brunch and I was like, you guys aren't drinking a lot. <laughs> are, is it because of me? And they were like, yes and no. And I was like, what do you mean? And and they were like, it's not because we're trying to make you feel better or like make you feel more comfortable. But historically, you might've been the one to like get us all to drink wine at lunch. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like like yeah. I was like the hazer in teeth, you know? Um <laughs> So, you know, I saw really clearly this weekend that, like, here are four, like, dear friends of mine who could care less.
0: Yeah, Yeah, we also overestimate how much people care Mm -hmm. a lot. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, Totally. And I want to mention, just because you guys both
2: touched upon it, um, I don't, and this is not just me defending myself, I don't think what I'm doing or what anyone is doing by deciding not to drink is cute, you know? No. Um, I know you don't think that. I also, no, no, but I also, I have not personally had the feeling if I don't stop, I'm going to die, but I can like connect with that feeling, right? So like, I think it can be a tremendously destructive thing and I think it can ruin and end lives. And I've seen that, you know, I've seen that. Yes. And so is there a fear inside me of what this thing can do to very good people? 100%. Have I consciously felt like if I don't stop right now like my life will be ruined and I will not No, but m- would I have gotten there? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, probably. Right, that's how it works. Yeah. Right? So I have like tremendous like admiration and like like serious respect um for how serious this stuff is. Yes. Yeah. And um and I, you know, I feel grateful that I began kind of questioning it maybe a little early on, although who's to say.
1: Right. Well, right. I think what right. you're speaking to is like what we don't talk about, which is that it's a spectrum and that anybody can get anywhere on that spectrum. And I think it's just it's not so much different, it's just a different challenge on where we start looking at it as we're along that spectrum. It would have been a much different thing for me to look at it in, you know, um 2006 and right. then again in 2009. Um and pro- and if I had, you know, pat- pushed on through in 2012 and 2013 it would have been a much different thing. Tooth, if right. I hadn't, you know, and so, um, but we don't really, we like a lot of times, and this is like the, I think what Laura and I had to keep on pulling ourselves back from, and probably, I mean, all of us do, which is the othering and saying this is a different, well, like, it, this is, you know, it's also social media. I mean, it's like what you, you know, me, it was summing up what. You see on posts. Well, I mean, that's a different. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I'm talking specifically about how when it comes to like how we look at addiction, we have categorically historically lumped in addicts and not addicts. Yeah. And that we are you're and you are fine if you're in the not addict category, even if you are. Yeah. Even if you are, you know binge drinking or drinking above that, you know, like we, we say, oh, I'm not them. And that ends up really harming it. It it eliminates the idea of pre-addiction. It eliminates the idea of, of, of looking at it. Like, you know, like we say, like the question is not, am I an addict or not? You know, do I, am I an alcoholic or not? The question is, Is drinking causing me a problem? And people will arrive at that in very, very, very different stages on the spectrum. Um, But it Mm -hmm. is a continuum, Um, and I think that that's just an important thing to to remember in all of this. That it's not a different thing; it's just the arrival at when it becomes the thing we can look at for very. And we arrive there for just like you know, so many different reasons. Yeah
2: yeah, totally. And I you know it's, it's to be where I am is this interesting, interesting and wonderful in its own way thing, because I think that um, there are people who are probably have had and perhaps still have the impression or the impressions that you two had, which is that I'm minimizing something very serious. Um And then I think there are also people who kind of are on the other side of the spectrum who are like, why are you making this a big deal?
1: That's right. right.
2: So like, that's so right. Like, I am in the middle and it is a tricky place to be. And I, um, and I feel great about where I am and I feel really grateful, but, um, it is tricky. It is. <laughs> it is tricky.
0: It is. No, It is totally tricky. And I, and I meant, you know, as like the sort of the, the punchline of it, like I, I get it. It's it's easy to for any of us to judge people based on what we're seeing, you know. Because it, it was all projection of my own stuff, and I needed to feel that way. I needed to, you know, for a million different reasons. Uh, my the seriousness, which with I which I needed to take my own path. There was no like wiggle room for me. Da 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 da. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, no, I I think, I think it makes me think of the thing Glennon says, which we've never, none of us have ever hated each other, but that hate um, can't survive proximity. You know, it's like, I also simultaneously was like, reach out to her and talk to her because I wanted to. Um, I just wanted to, I knew that I wanted to like hear the story that I, I, I wanted to know you. You know, I really yeah. did. Yeah, um, yeah,
2: yeah. And so. I think for and I think for me, this is not just about drinking. It's about this real, deep, deep, almost perhaps inborn ambivalence about vulnerability,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I. Depending on the day, I'm like I just want to tell everyone everything because like that is just that is so powerful, and this is how we connect mm-hmm. with people. And sometimes I do that, and then you know what happens? I pull back. Yeah, yeah,
1: because I'm oh, like God. the
2: safe part. Of the the safe, the safe part of me is like, oh my goodness, like calm down, be a mom. Like you don't. This is not something you need to do. Why are you putting yourself out there? Um, and that and that kind of back and forth is 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 very much central to me right now. And so I think that of course that is reflected on my social media. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I'm not, it's not, no, 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 but it's not linear. And, um, that has troubled me in the past. And, and now I'm like, that makes sense. You but know? that's yeah. also, that's
1: my story too. I mean, I, I am the same. I will push it and push it and feel like they like, it doesn't matter. There's nothing to break. There's nothing to lose. And then, you know, you publish it and you're like, what the fuck have I done? You know, and, exactly. it's like, and you're it's like, a- why are people responding to me? They have no
0: right to respond. No,
1: what? stop. <laughs> I take it back. Um, but it's true. I published something in a, to a very small audience on, on Sunday night. And oh my god, I, like and I, it, like 150 people saw it. Didn't matter. I'm just like I'm stuck in. I'm not going there, and I'm never going there again. And fuck that, and that you know. And so it's just it's the giver. I think it's the it's just the humanness of this whole thing, which is that. When you push the boundaries of what's acceptable and what, you know, by the way, five years ago was much less acceptable than it is today, right? You've been doing this for a long time. When you push the boundaries on truth telling, um, there mm-hmm. is a recoil. There's a vulnerability hangover. But you keep on pressing forward because that's just the oh, – it's the, the – fucking most annoying part of it which is you just have to vomit it out I mean like Laura going there today on this I was surprised I didn't know you were going to bring that up Laura Um, and I'm just like there's but she's of course she's doing it and of course she has to do that you know it's a risk that we take because um, to not take that risk is goes against something that's so deep within us and so um, anyway it's, it's a beautiful thing but it's a hard thing and it's not linear no
0: yeah. And we're all, I mean, the the great thing is now, like whether any of us is drinking or not, like now we're kind of all figuring this out together. We are, and so are, you know, all the other people that we have sort of built in this little world and connected to. I mean, that's how I feel anyway. Like we're, we we're really are figuring it out together. Um, and we get to have we were talking about this too, when we had lunch, like it's impossible to then have small talk conversations. Um, because you're like, what's actually happening in your life? You know, what's really going
1: on. Yeah. And you get past Um, the bullshit and straight down to like the, okay, we don't have to talk about the weather. How? (laughs) Yeah. And I suspect in, I mean, just from hearing more of your story, even
0: today than I knew before, that's kind of what you've always been searching for. Um, is yeah. you were you were studying the people in your law office like as characters and like curious about them in your philosophy major and you, you know right. and so I think it's 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 pretty it's pretty great
2: yeah no I mean it is great and I think that all of us need to divorce ourselves from the idea that we're going to figure this all out and it's going to be neat and pretty and tidy and we're going to you know like I think that has been a huge just. Um, very humbling thing for me that like, mm-hmm. there's no perfect time to have this conversation. There's mm-hmm. no perfect time to um, say out loud exactly how, how to do it, you know? Um And it's all about jumping in and like figuring it out as you go. And, and what I'm realizing and which I, and I, what I need to work on a little bit is how to enlist people to support you, you know? Um mm. I, you know, as you guys know, I started this very bizarre, but like something that's meaningful to me, um, right before the new year, called Drive, which is mm-hmm. Drive, Dry plus Tribe. And I was like, as I was publishing this thing, like starting this feed, I was like, I have no. <laughs> what idea. am I doing? <laughs> I have no idea what this. Well, I have no idea what this is. Mm-hmm. But it feels like I need to do it. I'm doing it, and like. That's how I feel about all of this is that I feel strongly. I feel committed. Yeah. And yet there's so much I don't know. And I just want to meet other people who are like, want to talk about this stuff. That's right. Yeah. Right? Like, because there are a lot of people who don't want to talk about this. Yeah. But I'm realizing there are a lot of people who want to eavesdrop. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was me 10 years ago. Yeah. So yeah. what's interesting yeah. is my, my little Instagram group. I kept it private because that felt like right for some reason. And then I was like, wait a minute. Actually, it was my therapist. She's like, "You got to open it up because people want to eavesdrop." And I was like, "All right." Um, <laughs> I, love I wanted therapist. to. I know. I love her too. I love her too. <laughs> but like, I just, I think that the more we all talk about this stuff, it's like so powerful. So mm-hmm. powerful.
1: That's right. Yeah. It works. It does.
0: Well thank you so much is for there, yeah, doing is, this. this. is
1: is there anything I think we'll probably keep the conversation going. I think we can like that's like really enough for now and then I think we can, you know, like you're you're kinda of like Meg Watterson. Um you have, you know, an open I'm invitation. Yeah. Okay. because um, <laughs> this it's is because I'm
2: realizing I have talked nothing about motherhood. <laughs> I know which is like hugely hugely important but um that's actually interesting in and of itself that I didn't bring that up um
1: huh well I think no, we'll um, talk about, I think we can we'll do a about show that. about that because we haven't really we've done about like we've done with uh Melissa um we did Melissa well, so Johnson we did um Yeah, but that was a little different. No, 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 no. no. I'm just saying this is the only time we've really got into parenthood, and and it's obviously a big Mm -hmm. part of Laura's life. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. we don't really go into it. So I think maybe we can just like have an episode dedicated to that. Um, Okay. Cool. But um, but no, I think this is good, and I think this just leaves us with you know uh, to be continued.
2: Good. I love that. I like to be continued. (laughs)
1: was that fine you guys oh my god oh it was this is good I mean I um I was enthralled I've been staring straight out ahead of me the entire time just with a blank stare on my face looking at the naked person in the shower uh they um (laughs) didn't they're not showering yet I'm sure they will soon yeah Um, hilarious no but I think it was Great, and it was wonderful. Aiden. I think um, okay. it's. I think it's going to be a really important conversation. Um, I don't, okay, yeah. Do you feel good? Because well, I
2: no, I feel. First of all, I have no idea what I just said, which always happens. <laughs> I'll send when it to like, you. We'll send it to no, you. No, no. Which is when I when I talk about something that's very important to me, I kind of get going, and Black then out, I'm like, yeah. "What did I just do?" Um, but that's usually a very good sign. Um, no, so it felt good. It felt very real. Um, yeah, and I feel like what's very interesting and maybe I should have articulated, I think some of my hesitation, um, to even come on with you guys is like, they're part of this club and I'm not sure I am, um, (laughs) not in this like, woe is me kind of way, but like probably in this othering kind of way where Mm. I'm like, I don't know, I don't know if I fit with this. Do I fit with this? And I think, um, that's
0: totally beside the point. And I think that, um, well that's A why I, that's why I brought it up too because I think I I kind of sensed that you felt that way and and I always have to say the hard thing like I that's why I brought up you know how I was feeling because I think right. we ne- needed to go there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, but I also think I mean you guys have such amazing reach and um I like it's very very like exciting for me to think that like um, I mean, who knows? Cause I feel like maybe the people who listen are already like doing the work of asking the questions, but, um, certainly if I share it, you know, more broadly with people
0: who are just like in my circle, Oh um, no, this will reach a lot of, a lot, a lot, a It's not, it's
2: not, it's not, I don't know. Like I'm just a story writer. Right. So I'm like, it doesn't have enough plot, you know, like it's just, You're not. not. Me. Yeah.
0: um,
2: but that's, but that's what's powerful about it. Right. That's what's powerful.
0: Dude, our episode with—I was just thinking about this the other day—and um, not that we're ever going for like what is going to be the most, you know, widely listened thing we ever. Um, but the mo— one of our most popular episodes, I think, in like the top five is Jolene Park on the craving right. brain and part of that is because of what she talked about with the craving brain and that was so fascinating but part of it is because of her
2: stories yeah, i was
1: gonna say it's it's the a story first. like yours
2: <laughs> that, and that's why she and i have connected frankly i know because we're like yeah. we're like oh my goodness um yeah yeah
0: so i think it will be it's huge that you did it and it's very important i think a lot of people will be excited that you are on talking about it because they a lot of people know who you are um and a lot of people probably don't from right. our audience, you know, so I think it'll be much appreciated. I think it'll that be great. You, yeah. you got on and, and said it. Well,
2: I'm really, I'm really like happy that you guys invited me. And <laughs> um, I just think what you guys are doing is so important. You know, I really do. I really do. I and um, not just because it feels um, pressing to me and it does, but um, just because like, you know, this just, there, there seems to be a lot of momentum.
1: You know, I think there's a huge amount of momentum, but it's also like it's it's what you're doing too. I mean, you know, it's it's. Mm -hmm. I think that's like the most important takeaway from this is like it's like a collective, and anybody like is in on the conversation. Um, But thank you guys
2: so much, and so good to see you last weekend. I know. know.
1: Yesterday, two days ago, whatever. All right. Um, Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: in